honored to have on this Cheryl Reeves show, the winner of the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association Trailblazer Award. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, one of the biggest awards Cheryl Reeves has ever gotten. Has it gone to your head, Cheryl? Uh, news to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's actually really cool. Why didn't tell my here Washington township, New Jersey, I, I get yep. pretty darn excited, but, um, um, you know, thanks for alerting me to, to such an honor. So it's on Twitter. So it's gotta be true. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was well, just they they didn't at, notify me. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. They have you on there as a trailblazer. You have your picture and everything. And you're, a, it, it kind of reminded me of Colbert had, uh, had Springsteen on recently and he was kind of running through his accomplishments. He says, you're, you're one of the, you're one of the, probably one of the, foremost uh, musicians from New Jersey and Springsteen started laughing. Uh, it's, uh, it reminded me of this award, you know, Hey, it's always cool to be honored. <laughs> and as you said, to be mentioned by your hometown, that is a cool thing. And it, it brought uh, up a topic I want to raise with you because you are now at a point in your career where you have something of a coaching tree. James Wade worked with you and now he is a, a champion and you have Walt Hopkins and in, in New York, you have other, you know, former players and assistants around around the league and around basketball in general. Uh, is there anybody in particular you take pride in or, or is there, you know, I'll, I'll just let you talk about the people you've worked with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think mostly about the, you know, the great fortune I've had in my career in terms of people that I've been affiliated with that either hired me uh, that, I, that, you know, gave me an opportunity uh, that, that always comes to mind. I think all of us that, you know, in our career path, uh, when you look back, you're most appreciative of, of somebody giving you that chance, somebody believing you. And so I've had a lot of that along the way, you know, that I'm appreciative of. I'm also appreciative of some opportunities that didn't work out, <laughs> uh, you know, that you don't know it at the time. You know, rejection is hard at the time, but you know that, uh, you know, I always my, my motto is five years from now, I'll understand why that happened. You know, uh, uh, and so I, I learned that along the way. And so for me, um, just a lot of great people and, and uh, I'm quite sure when I was a, a younger person, um, you know, that they're, they're uh, certainly uh, my dad coached me and that was a big part of it. My mom was really supportive of me playing sports, but uh, my high school coach was probably the first coach that, you know, Don Schilling, um, you know, was really instrumental in my career. And then, you know, just kind of moving through, you know, getting an opportunity to play at LaSalle, you know, I was recruited by Kevin Gallagher and he never coached me, but um, you know, again, people that saw something in you, Joe McEwen, who hired me uh, for my first full-time job and Donovan, who gave me the chance to, you know, to join the WNBA, uh, and paid me, uh, $5,000 to do it, um, forever grateful <laughs> to get the opportunity. Uh, and then obviously just, you know, someone like a Dan Hughes that, you know, was so instrumental, uh, in my career. I only worked for him for one year, but the impact he had on me was just well beyond that. Uh, Bill Lambeer, you know, many great moments with Bill. And then I think about how now I'm, I'm old enough now that I actually have people, you know, that maybe, uh, I've impacted them in some way. Sometimes it's to learn what not to do, uh, <laughs> but every experience is, is good. And, um, and so I'm, I'm super proud of, you know, the experiences in the WNBA you, know, you mentioned, uh, someone like James, um, that, that, uh, you know, went on and, and we saw great possibilities. You know, James was, you know, really humble uh, in his time here. And, you know, a lot of times you have like some young guys that work for you that, you know, guys are always qualified. It doesn't matter how hard the job is or how unqualified <laughs> they are, but they're always qualified. Uh, James, you know, was, was, uh, pl uh, was pleasantly surprising um, that when, when we won a championship in 2017 that he had a chance to be a part of, and we got a call uh, from another WNBA team that had an opening, and, and 
James just fell over with disbelief and like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? And, you know, do you think I'm ready? Um, and, and so it was really, it was really cool to kind of see, um, you know, him you know, kind of grow into that moment. And then, you know, he got the opportunity in Chicago. We saw it as a great place with great potential, um, much like the, you know, what we saw here in Minnesota when I came here and, and, you know, we had to just kind of see it through and get it pointed in the right direction. That's what James did. And, and, uh, really excited for him to, you know, him to get to experience the, the great success that they have. And, you know, Chicago could be a great market. So it's overall great for the league. So I take great pride in that. She's Cheryl Reeve, general manager and coach of the Minnesota Lynx, star of this show. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. You can find all the shows, all the archive shows, and all the different shows we do at TalkNorth.com. Tons of outdoor content, the best sports lineup in town. Brandon Morton is our producer. Best way to listen to this show or the network, subscribe at your favorite podcast app. Next live show, Tuesday, November 16th at the downtown Pizza Luce, 7 p.m., 7 p.m. I kind of screwed up the timing on the last uh, live show, and uh, I appreciate those who made it anyway. I, pre- I apologize to anybody who might have come a little late or not been able to make that time. It was also the night of the U.S. Women's National Team game, so I know some people you know, very understandably went to that. Let's get back to, to packing the joint for the Cheryl Reeve show, as we've done so often in the past. And this next live show, I really wanted to dedicate to as many live questions as possible. It's been a long time since a lot of you have had a chance to sit and just talk with Cheryl and ask questions. I, of course, always bring a lot of material, but I would love to hand the show off to the fans, let you ask live questions as long as you want. You know, we'll be there for about an hour. Uh, Have a pizza. Enjoy it. Uh, You know, Pizza Luce downtown. Great place. Great place to hang out. And it's been a blast to the shows there. Thank you to our sponsors, Rudy Luther Toyota, All Energy Solar, Cara Quinn, my realtor, and your realtor, successful marketing group, and of course, Pizza Luce. Let's get into a little basketball talk here. Uh, So Nafisa Collier, I thought, had a really interesting year. Uh, all-star, Olympian, gold medalist. Uh, did you send her home with any instructions or advice at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, with Fee, we always do two things because she's, she's emerged as as one of the leaders of our team, you know, a young player who, you know, the, her arrival, you know, was was uh, kind of coincided with, uh, you know, the identity of our team, team changing. And so she quickly became a part of the core, a part of the leadership team. Uh, and so we do two things. One, we always recap the season and uh, what went right, um, what were the, you know, some of the more challenging moments and maybe what were the reasons for them, problem solve, and we point forward. And, you know, I think most great players, they they want to evolve and, and be even better. And uh, Fee's list is a long one. Uh, she's such a young player. It should be long um, in ways in which that she thinks she can help this team. And then, you know, we always move to, uh, the second part of this, which is her involvement in shaping our team. Uh, so, you know, we put the player hat, you know, down and we pick up, you know, I always ask her to put a GM hat on and, and, and talk about, you know, what she sees in our team and, you know, players are in the locker room together. They're on the road together. They're, you know, they're in places that maybe that, you know, coaches don't, you know, get to be, so to speak. Um, places and spaces. Um, and, and so I think I rely heavily uh, on players to kind of help me navigate uh, the culture of our team. And so Fee's always been a part of that since she's been here. Um, and, and, you know, it takes maturity to do that. Um, you know, sometimes it's not an easy thing to do, uh, to, to think that maybe we need to move on uh, from a player or two. And so that's happened in, in the course of the couple, three years that she's been with us. And uh, we scan the league. We talk about what's to come. 
Uh, we talk about free agency. Uh, we talk about her own contractual situation as she enters the the last year of her her rookie deal. Um, so you know a lot lot of conversations that we have with Fee. But I think you want to talk basketball, and you know I think uh, you know the basketball part for Fee. Um, you know, just continuing to work. You know, when she came out of college, and I, I do believe it's the reason why uh, she went as low as she did for as good a player as she is. Is um, you know the transition positionally. Um, you know, definitely was more post oriented. She's undersized to be a post, um, and, and, you know, probably, you know, needed at that time for sure and continues to need uh, development in terms of guard skills. And, and that's a process and that's going to be an ongoing process throughout her career. Uh, that means, you know, more comfort, comfort in terms of the types of shots that you take on the move that what that you do on the perimeter uh, Fee is very good on the move on the bounce and getting to the rim and getting into the paint in her sweet spot. And she continues to shoot a very efficient uh, percentage from there where Fee struggled this year uh, was a bit surprising, which was the long ball. Uh, you know, she, she struggled from three uh, to the tune of, I believe she was in the, in the 20% range, you know, in the twenties. And she had been, you know, a 38% uh, shooter from there. And we were just working on uh, generating greater frequency for her. Um, when she, when she came into, into, into market off of her, uh, European season over in France, um, you know, kind of hit the ground running, so to speak. And just for whatever reason, just slumped, uh, you know, from three and then, you know, became more hesitant, et cetera. And, and then life gets harder. Um, you know, I think when the three ball becomes, you know, something that's so consistent and it, it's in her arsenal and you got to really worry about fee from there. Um, the, the game is just going to be so easy for her. Uh, and that's what we're working towards. And then, you know, just the ability uh, off the bounce, uh, she'll tell you mid-range game. Um, I'm, I'm not as concerned with the mid-range game uh, because that's, as, as we know, analytically not you know, the space that you want to live in too much. Um, but, but I think for me, there's, you know, there's, there's lots of ways that Fee can improve and, and uh, she very much wants to do that and be, be somebody that we can count on. And how about, uh, how about Crystal Dangerfield? Did you send her home with any specific instructions or something to work on? Yeah, go play overseas. Um, yeah. This is a player, just a young player. You know, you think about her rookie year in the bubble. Um, that was tough. You know, the, the season ended the way that it did for those players. Uh, and then you go into a bubble season that wasn't reality, so to speak. Uh, so this was really her kind of first full season, um, you know, outside the bubble and kind of the, the real life WNBA uh, and so it's just a young player that needs to go play and, and just, you know, young players like to, you know, this generation likes to work out with their trainers. So Crystal is spending time doing that. Uh, coaches prefer more playing, more game-like situations. You know, training can get you in, in good shape. It can get you some repetition, but there's nothing like playing against mature competition, uh, meaning, you know, players that play overseas annually. Um, and, and, and so that's, that's, uh, what Crystal's looking to do, you know, the combination of, uh, you know, getting with her trainer and then also, uh, competing, you know, competing in the off season and, uh, and then coming into camp with a great deal of momentum. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, let's thank our sponsors. Then I want to talk about the final four a little bit here. Let's start by thanking Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, 
Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. I'd also like to thank All Energy Solar as a home improvement project. Solar energy can start paying for itself the moment the system is powered up. It can pay back 100% of the installation costs within eight years. Plus, the system from All Energy Solar can even pay back over 300% of its cost over its lifetime. And you can save even more if you install by the end of the year with 2021 solar incentives. Learn how you can make the switch this fall at allenergysolar.com. Also, I'll tell you about Cara Quinn. Cara Quinn Realtor is, the, is one way you can find her. Of course, just Google her, go to LinkedIn, or you can go to vibemn.com realty. Uh, she, she also sends out really cool emails to someone who's uh, who's in the process of selling and buying a house about, you know, and her latest post is about selling uh, and buying during the winter because it's a challenge in Minnesota. And uh, we also drove by, my wife and I drove by her office. Uh, we hadn't been there, but she always comes to us. Drove by the offices, the Vibe uh, Realty offices on Selby over in St. Paul, and really just a beautiful, beautiful space. And it kind of reminded me of of Cara. It's classy, but very comfortable. And that's the way Cara has been. Uh, Everything's high class. Everything's first class. And yet she's just really comfortable to deal with. Uh, She just never... You know, she's never pushy. Uh, She's never demanding. It's always just, what can I do to help you? It's been great to work with her. And uh, we're really looking forward to moving to the home that she's helping us build. Again, CaraQuinnRealtor.com. Thanks also to Lori Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group. We're going to be doing the Winter Coat Drive and doing a live show in conjunction with that here soon. We'll get you more information on that as soon as we can. And of course, thank you to Pizza Luce. Pizza Luce all over the place, but we're going to be at the Pizza Luce downtown, 7 o'clock on Tuesday, November 16th. Cheryl, the final four, uh, you know, I my gut reaction when I heard that eventually they want to have men's and women's final fours in the same place on the same weekend. I thought that's good. You'll have, you'll have media already in town and why wouldn't they cover both? And why wouldn't they cover both in the same way? I have seen some pushback from people I I respect on social media saying, you you know, then you're almost guaranteeing that the women's final four is going to be, you know, secondary in that market uh, that weekend. Do you, do you have a feeling one way or the other on this? Well, I, I certainly understand the concern. Um, I, I think from having done it for so many years, been at the college level, you know, been at the, you know, in the pros and, and going to the Final Four, uh, it is difficult for uh, a lot of times administrations, you know, if they've if they've got both teams being successful, which you get uh, almost annually, um, you know, the ability to, uh, you know, to, to be at both and support both. And, and what, what happens invariably is that uh, the women, like you said, um, or like, like you, you know, suggested that uh, the women get slighted. Uh, and so there is reason for concern that if you put the, the men and women's um, uh, Final Four in the same locale, it stands to reason that those things would happen in a, in a, in a very even uh, type of world in terms of – but that, that's just not the world that we live in. Uh, <laughs> the world we live in is that, that the men get everything and the, and the women are, are, uh, get what's left. And, and that can't happen. And so I think with the, uh, the thing that can make it different is this, you know, the latest uh, report, you know, the study that the NCA hired uh, about how they were doing with regard to women's sports, not just women's basketball, women's sports, uh, and the epic failures uh, that the NCA leadership has been as it pertains to female athletes competing uh, on every NCA level. And so I think now that that's been kind of brought to the light, 
uh, and there is greater pressure and there are more people watching um, that there's a chance uh, that it, that it won't happen to the extent that it probably would have happened if we just say, well, this is what we always have done. You know, the women always get less. And the reason is because they're not a revenue generating sport, et cetera. Uh, the, the tired narratives that are spewed over and over and over again that are simply not telling uh, the whole story. Uh, and so as the, you know, the report has come out uh, in detailing the missed opportunity, revenue opportunity that exists in sports at the collegiate level, and we for sure know it at the professional level, um, yeah, that has been detailed. And now there's, you know, uh, kind of front and center, um, I, you know, uh, ideating as to what needs to happen to capitalize. I mean, what, how they valued, uh, for example, women's college basketball, the economic value. Uh, they're way off and, they're, you know, to the tune of millions and millions of dollars that are lost because they don't treat it the right way. Uh, so I think there's an opportunity possibly because, you know, the resources, it's kind of like in the NBA, WNBA partnerships, the brother, the brother team for the WNBA team, there's shared resources that we benefit from both teams, you know, both the, you know, the Timberwolves benefit from the Lynx and the Lynx benefit from the Timberwolves. So shared resources could be really valuable if done correctly, if done. Uh, and so the people that are making those decisions have to truly look at this opportunity as equal. What we do for the men, we do for the women. Now that would, they're not going to be able to control the media. We would be then counting on the media uh, to be the example uh, that the NCA hopefully set and, and that the NCA is communicating to the media. Cover this the same way. And that's when we're going to see really meaningful change. That, that's not where we're at. Uh, it's where we're moving towards. Uh, it's been a slow, uh, painful process for women. Uh, but I, th- I see this maybe as an opportunity, if done correctly, uh, to actually move that needle more towards equality. Um, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. Um, I'm the forever the optimist, uh, you know, that, that, that possibly that we're going to finally get it and see the value, the business value, because that's what we're told all the time. You know, that, you know, well, we don't do things for the women because, you know, they don't draw. We don't charge for the games because nobody would pay it. Uh, and that those are just outdated, uh, archaic mindsets um, that, that I think that, you know, we've got to make sure the people that are sitting in those seats are making decisions. Uh, the ones that have those mindsets uh, are dismissed from the space. And we've got to get people in there, decision makers that that kind of see it for what it should be, which is which is equal. And there's equal opportunity, whether it's marketing. Think about just the NCAA March Madness logo that the women were not permitted to utilize. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so many ways that, that the women's sports are marginalized uh, that through no fault of our own, but are achieving success anyway. And despite the marginalization that occurs constantly look at the success of women's sports look where we are on our own without the benefit of you know media coverage subsidies that that support you know men's sports and we have to hear people say well the women wouldn't you know WNBA wouldn't exist without the the NBA subsidizing it and if you don't want to laugh at that I mean I I don't know what else there is to laugh at because the subsidies that exist for men's sports far outmeasure any subsidies that that women get to exist in sports and um, so, you know, circling back, I, I do, you know, you know, being the optimist that I am, uh, I, I think the education part, you know, people being this being brought to light in a, in a much greater way and the eyes, uh, social media is a wonderful tool. You know, everyone's watching. You can't do anything in the dark anymore. Uh, everything is going to come to the light. And I think because of that, there's a chance 
that it could be really beneficial for both men's sports and women's sports to be there together. And you and I have been to so many big events, so many big sporting events, and big events create, you know, this this aura, this energy. And I just think women, you know, the women's Final Four being on the same weekend, taking advantage of the, you know, of of the crowd that is already there. I, I just think it would be a huge hit. And I think uh, I, I think it, it would just be the next step toward not thinking of, you know, women's basketball as anything other than just, you know, the 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 what's the best word? The just another great place, another great avenue to watch great basketball. You know, it would just be, OK, this day it's the men, this day it's the women and man, all those games were fantastic. You know, and, and, you know, NCAA has a chance to be a leader, you know, in this space. And then it would take, you know, hey, every partner that they have that wants to be a part of uh, the sports, there's great leverage that the NCAA would have. So, you know, with regard to media, that it would include, you know, the, the TV rights deal mm-hmm. um, that, that uh, again, women have been excluded from much of that. Uh, and, but we see it all the time. And, and it's just time that we, we, we stop kind of accepting, well, this is how we've always done it. And we've always undervalued the women. Uh, but now we have people that are that are not accepting it any longer. And I, I, I tend to agree with you, Jim. Uh, we're going to save a lot of our good stuff for the live show because we do the live shows longer and we have people uh, there. We want to really make sure we have uh, tons of good content for that night. We're going to come to Cheryl for a final thought here in a second. Reminder, if you like the outdoors, we have tons of outdoor content at our website, talknorth.com. Uh, we have some novelty shows. We're about to add some big names. We have, of course, the best sports lineup but in I, in Minnesota, Cheryl Reeve, uh, Russo LaPanta, LaBelle Neal has been added to our baseball show along with Roy Smalley, uh, John Malay on preps, uh, John Krasinski. Just we have great people, and I really appreciate all of their efforts uh, to make this a special place. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and thank you to our sales executive, Karen Cleary, K-C-L-E-A-R. <laughs> I always mess it up, Brandon. K-C-L-E-A-R. L-Y. I did it at talknorth.com. Uh, email Karen if you'd like to work with any of our shows across the broadcast, across the network. All right, Cheryl, I'm going to start. Stop stumbling and I'll give you a chance at a final <laughs> thought on whatever you like here. Yeah, I would, I, I'd probably, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of the, the conversation we just had around, uh, you know, the women's sports. Uh, what's on my mind right now is just invest in women. And, and I get, I have a chance to do a keynote uh, for the Twin Cities Compensation Network and, you know, give some insights around the gender pay gap and, and the notion of investing in women. And, and I just think about how, how simple and I, it, it caused me to kind of go through my career and, and think about as a young person, I, I don't know anything at the age of nine, uh, why I'm playing on a, on a boys baseball team. Um, you know, because there's not opportunities for women and, um, or for, for young girls, you know, as there is for boys. And, and what we're told uh, so much uh, about that is because women don't want to, or girls don't want to, girls don't want to play sports. Women don't hmm. want these better paying jobs. Uh, and it's just, uh, when I think about that, the societal norms that have held back, uh, you know, the growth of society as a whole, uh, to be a more prosperous and more, you know, a more equal place that uh, makes the world a better place. And I just, when I think about those things, you know, it, it, I, I, it's just really how we actually think, uh, you know, women, women couldn't play sports uh, in the twenties and the thirties and the forties. I think of all the women that wanted to play sports that were told no uh, in playing team sports because the, uh, the, the fear of uh, how women would look if they're playing sports, the men won't like it. Uh, if it's too strenuous and what it causes a woman to look like, uh, you know, a more athletic 
manlyish uh, description uh, at that time. And so they weren't permitted to play sports. It was too strenuous. I was just talking with some friends that we were talking about playing six on six and how long Iowa uh, played six on six. It was into the nineties. They were playing six on six because it was too strenuous, um, you know, for, for women uh, on their bodies and, and things like that. And, and obviously we've come a long ways away from that. And, and we now have the WNBA and I feel so bad for those women that had a love for sports that, that weren't permitted to play. And those opportunities were taken away. And for what societal norms or what society is saying that a woman, you know, should look like or act like. And, uh, and I just, I think about those things and how much further we have to go as far as the gender pay gap. Um, and that we're all a part of this solution. And, you know, men are so much a part of the solution because they continue to be, uh, the, the dominant decision maker, uh, in business and, and just how much better we can do. And I'm not going to stop talking about that. As a matter of fact, on, on tomorrow, when I do my keynote, uh, that's what we're going to talk about the most is, is the, the major role that men play in this and in, in changing societal norms, uh, that I hope we can get to. And obviously I could continue to go on, but I'll stop there. Our country didn't let women vote for most of its history. It's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, so I'm glad you are, you always lend your strong voice to the right things in the world. Thank you, as always. I love having you on the network for all of these reasons and, and good basketball talk. And I'll look forward to the conversation on Tuesday night at Pizza Luce downtown. You might want to call ahead and get a reservation. Or don't want to scare you off. There will be room for you if you want to. Uh, but if you want to make sure you have, like, have a seat near the front, uh, where the, the microphone will be. You might want to call ahead for a reservation. Uh, we look forward to seeing you then. I look forward to seeing Cheryl and Brandon then. Thank you so much for listening to TalkNorth.com.